0: Well, welcome to the uh, North Hills Campus of the Hills and welcome all of you that watch every week online. I am concluding our series titled Alive and Free with some measure of sadness because this series has been a blessing to me. And based on the feedback I've received, it seems like it has resonated with many people. Last weekend, I had the privilege of officiating the wedding for my nephew and I was glad to be there, but I was sad I was not here. To speak directly about what happened at Charleston. So I asked the host of every service at every campus. To make it clear that we extend our sympathy to the families of everyone who lost a loved one in that tragedy. And also to communicate our outrage at the evil that was done there. And let's be very clear. Those nine people were not martyred because they were Christians. They were murdered because they were black. Racism is still a huge problem in this country. And it's not because most of us are not fed up. It's because so many of us still do not speak up. And that needs to stop. And especially for people who look like me. We need to repent, engage, and say more. The greatest speech of my lifetime was Dr. King's. And I would want my brothers and sisters of color to know that his dream is my dream too. Because racism is not a social issue. It is also a gospel issue issue and it still exists because too many of us still live a petty or small gospel in fact i'm convinced that most people problems are ultimately a gospel problem and we pay a big price when we settle for a small gospel And I think that's one reason this Alive and Free series has resonated with so many of you. Because I am proclaiming a bigger gospel than just Jesus died so that you can go to heaven someday. A lot of us accepted a message as gospel that accepts bondage as normal. And the gospel is so much bigger than that. Paul said in Ephesians 1, we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So the gospel is not just a road to salvation, it is a free way. And I've been contending that Jesus isn't just calling you out of the grave. He's calling you out of your grave clothes. To live the life God wants you to know now. So the series is ending. But I hope your pursuit of freedom is just beginning. Because freedom is a reality. And the first step To freedom is not to do something. It is to believe something. That it really exists. Did the 13th Amendment to the Constitution free the slaves in America? And the right answer is yes and no. Judicially and legally they were free. But many remained in slavery. Some did not know they were free. Some did not know how to be free. And some heard the word, but they could not believe it was true. Freedom begins with hearing and accepting the word of truth. And so Paul would say in 1 Timothy 2, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world. And the enemy does not want the world to hear this message. In fact, he wants the world to believe that it is a myth. And so even though he cannot stop your union from Christ from purchasing your place in heaven, he wants you to believe that you have to go through hell on earth. And you don't. You don't have to stay in prison. Do not accept a shrunken gospel. The first step to achieving freedom is believing that freedom really does exist. So I don't know what bondage you're dealing with. But do not embrace what Jesus came to erase. Paul says, Romans 7, who will set me free from this life that's dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord, and the good news is that freedom is a gift. Paul didn't say, what will set me free? Paul said, who will set me free? Because freedom is not a work you do. Freedom is a work Jesus did for us. Paul said, Romans 3, all need to be made right with God by his grace, which is a free gift. They need to be made free from sin through Jesus Christ. Christ the gospel is not offering you a chance to purchase your freedom the gospel is inviting you to step into the freedom that Jesus has already purchased and created freedom is not a purchase it is a present now a small gospel will not tell you that A small gospel will tell you that you're forgiven, but if you want to be free, i got a long list of do's and don'ts and rules. And here's the reality. Law never sets anybody free. Law says, do all this stuff to get the mess out of your life, and then maybe Jesus will come in. And grace says, Jesus wants to come in. And start getting the mess out of your life. And He will. And the gift of the Spirit of Christ, as we surrender to Him more and more, will start to help us walk in more and more freedom. 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. But you also need to know that freedom is a responsibility. Only Jesus can set you free. But only you can let him do it. Because Jesus will not force freedom on anybody. That's why, for example, you have that strange story in John 5 where Jesus walks up to this man that has been lame for decades and asks the most perplexing question. Do you want to get well? Jesus never walked up to anybody and said, how did you get into such a mess? He never asked anybody. Anybody, how did you get into prison? What he asked was, do you want out? Because amazingly, some people don't. And that's the appeal of a small gospel, it lets you accept slavery. Because some people would rather live their life telling their excuses than walk in freedom. Some people would rather have their identity be what they're a victim of instead of walk in victory. Some people would rather have their expectations Stay low because they're in bondage. It's like the story I heard of the first grade boy. And the first day ever that he tied his own shoes, he burst into tears. And his teacher asked him why he was crying. And he said, I'm going to have to do this every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Because freedom brings responsibility it's not God blocking the on-ramp to the freeway the only thing keeping us off the freeway is our own desire to be on it do you want to live resigned to where you are And you're just going to have a problem with anger and bitterness and greed and shame. Do you want to resign to where you are? Or do you want to be released to go where God is calling you to come? Because God has created an on-ramp. For the journey called freedom. And by the way freedom is a journey. I know a few people who lived for decades in bondage. They came to Christ. And instantly they were set free. But for most of us who have dealt with bondage for years. Freedom is going to be a process. And here's why. Because Satan is a thief. And he wants back what he stole from you in the first place. So when you get on that freeway and you start walking in the freedom that the Spirit of Christ is teaching you to walk in, He's going to show up to try to derail and detour your journey. And every time you stumble and every time it gets hard, He's going to whisper, See, you don't belong on the freeway. There's the exit ramp. Get off right now. But let me ask you. What of enduring value in your life ever came in a hurry? You need to keep pressing through. And by the way, do not compare your progress and journey in freedom to somebody else's. We do that. We get on Facebook and we see somebody with the perfect family and the perfect life. And we feel like we're failures. Listen, they're putting their... Highlight reel on Facebook. Not their blooper reel. Everybody has a blooper reel. So don't compare your journey to somebody else. You stay on the freeway. And remember, it is better to break free little by little. Than to stay in bondage for the rest of your life. And when the progress seems small, don't give up. Because God's promise is big. Philippians 1 verse 6. God began doing a good work in you. And I'm sure he will continue it until it is finished when Jesus Christ comes again. God is at work in you. And God is good at his job. And so I have a friend named Don McLaughlin, he's preached here before, who as a young man walked in bondage. Bondage to vulgarity, bondage to sexual sin, bondage to lots of issues. And when he came to Christ, he surrendered. In fact, he determined that night that he was going to give his life to Christ and be baptized. He went with a friend to a local church and the church was locked. And drawing on some past skills, he broke in. He's the only guy I know that broke into a church to get baptized. And one month later, he is preaching his first ever sermon. And he's in front of this little audience at a small country church. And he got flustered. And he really did mean to say, oh, shoot. (laughs) But he wasn't completely free yet. And he didn't say, oh, shoot. And sweet sister Rose on the front row just said, that's okay, honey. You just keep preaching. And he still is. I look at my own life and what God's done for me. The sanctification He's continuing to work out in me. I am so much more free today of some of my past bondage than I used to be. Especially the prison I have struggled with the most, which is the prison of being a people pleaser. And God has brought me so much further down the freeway than I used to. To be. He'll do the same thing for you because God is at work in you and God is good at his job. So don't get off that freeway. And by the way, the freeway is not a one lane road because freedom is a team sport. Solitary is a word they use in prison. God helps people get free through the power of community. So remember the story that launches series. When Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, he said, Lazarus, come out. But then as Taylor Walling reminded us a couple of weeks ago, he turned to other people and said, take the grave clothes off of him. Because God uses Free people to help free people. We don't have the power to raise. But we have the responsibility to unwrap. Or I'd put it another way. We need Jesus to go from death to life. But we need others to go from prison to freedom. And that's why the word encourage appears over a hundred times. Times in the New Testament. Here's something you need to know. Bondage flourishes. In darkness. And if you keep your bondage. In darkness. The darkness. Will keep you. In bondage. That's why the Bible says. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. So that you can be healed. Why can't I just. Confess to God. Well, you can, but you don't have to humble yourself to do that. You have to humble yourself to confess your bondage to another person. But what does the Bible say? God gives grace to the humble. And you need grace to get free. That's one reason why we believe in the power of small groups in our church. That's one reason why we have help groups To help people get free of particular bondage that you can go to our website and learn more about. Because you need a spiritual community to live on the freeway. And I'm not talking about a place at church where people know your name. I'm talking about some brothers and sisters that know your story. And the world needs more freedom stories. Because freedom is a testimony. There are some things that are just too good not to share. And when God starts the work of setting you free, somebody else needs to know. Remember when Jesus found that man in the cemetery? They kept him in chains. He was oppressed by the demonic And Jesus released him from all that bondage. And Jesus said to him, go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. Because free people help free people. Bob Morgan tells a powerful story about a Dutch pastor in World War II that was hiding Jews. In his family's home. And you can already guess where this story is going. So in the middle of the night, the doors burst open. The Nazis take the whole family and put them on cattle cars. And their only thought is, what camp are we going to die in? Auschwitz, Dachau. But the next morning as they get out of that cattle car, something strange about their surroundings dawns on them. Because some brave soul in that night had flipped the switch that had sent that train to Switzerland. And they got out and stepped into freedom. And the pastor asked a powerful question. What are we to do with such a gift? Because the gift of freedom is too precious to hoard God wants to leverage the freedom he's helping you find to help someone else find freedom. That's why in so many of these lessons we've had a video testimony and that's why I want you to hear one more from my friend Wade at South Lake Campus.
1: My name is Wade Stresnik. I will always be grateful for being able to grow up in this church and be able to go to uh, a Christian school and attend a Christian college. The problem though was that learning to be a Christian was just learning the churchy things to do and the churchy things to say, Uh, but the faith of my childhood could not withstand the realities of my adulthood. And I spent most of my 30s in bondage to fear, that was brought about from the lies that I was hearing in my head that God doesn't love me. He never has. He never will because there's nothing worthy of me for love, that there's no purpose in my life. You can't withstand that type of spiritual onslaught on your own. I reached a point I was ready to break. I. In desperation, just cried out, really, what I felt like was the last time. God, if you're real, I need you to step into this moment with me and show me who you really are and what I'm supposed to believe about you. He began to speak to me through the other godly men that were in my life who had the courage to say to me in a, in a very loving and affirming way, Wade, you might have grown up in the church but you never placed your identity in Christ. I sat down in front of my Bible, and this was a book that I had studied all my life as a textbook for some class that I was taking. But this was the first time that I sat down in front of the Bible, and I said to God, Okay, I'm going to read this, and I need... To discover who you are and what your character says about me i took out a piece of paper and i wrote down the lies that i was hearing and god is faithful because as i was reading i could feel the holy spirit come to me stand next to me and as i'm flipping the pages he was reaching over my shoulder here is truth Here is truth. The next page, here's truth. As I was going, I was reading through, suddenly the words became alive and they became active in my life. And as I was reading, I was writing down the truth underneath the lies. When I finally got done, I looked over and what had started off as one page of lies was 60 pages of truth. The one truth he kept coming back to and he kept hitting time time again, I love you. I always have. I always will. I love you. And I realized in that moment that God hadn't just protected me. He had recaptured my heart. When I was in my moment crying out, it was ugly. It was messy. Uh, but there were, there were people already in my life who are ready to lift me up. As soon as I just said, this is where I'm at and I am broken and I don't know how to move forward, the fear melt away. Taking that first step may feel like the scariest thing that you could possibly do. Sharing with somebody may feel like the most vulnerable thing that you could possibly do. But in that moment, don't be afraid because God will come with you in that moment. Don't pass up that opportunity. Take that first step with God. None of
0: us are going to live in complete freedom until we're rid of these sin-infected bodies. But I think it's just encouraging to hear the stories of people That are so much farther down the freeway than they were when Jesus first found them. And that's what I want for you. And by the way, we will reach our desired destination because freedom is coming. Now right now, we walk in more freedom. Someday, we will walk In complete freedom. Because I have read the end of the book. And there are no gates on that city. You know why the city has no gates? Because we're going to be free of evil. We're going to be free of disease. We're going to be free of hate. We're going to be free of shame. We're going to be free of guilt. We're going to be free of racism. And we are going to shout. Free at last. Free at last. Praise God almighty We are free at last. And my brothers and sisters, that is a big gospel. So, dear God, no more small gospel, no more petty living. Give us the faith to believe That the freeway is real. Give us the courage to get on that on-ramp. And stop accepting bondage as normal. Give us the patience when it gets hard and difficult. To not exit. But to keep pressing forward. Give us the eyes to see the people. That we need to travel with. And give us the hope. That we will reach home. That our destiny and our inheritance is freedom forever. For Jesus' sake. Amen. So please stand. Upstairs and downstairs, we have prayer teams. And I want you to take that step. To the on-ramp today. Maybe that means for the first time bringing your bondage out into the light. It might mean just saying, I need encouragement right now. I'm discouraged. Pray for me to stay on the freeway. And I know there are some here just like Wade. You've got religion, but you have never found your identity in Christ. And today's the day. To come confess Him. Today's the day to come be baptized. Today's the day to say, Jesus from now on tells me who I am. Not anything else. This is the day to take a step. And I promise we will overcome.